Hello, Guitar Smarts listeners. This is an important announcement. Please don't skip ahead. We start this podcast with a special message. Way back in 2021, Guitar Smarts had the pleasure of interviewing the utterly fantastic Matt Long. Matt is a multiple award-winning British blues guitarist and lead singer of the British blues band Catfish and hard rock outfit The Revenant Ones. He joined us for episode number 20 and was a truly gracious guest who spoke about his career, his childhood, guitars and meetings his hero, Joe Bonamassa. Well, Matt needs your help. Through 2023, Matt has been undergoing treatment for bowel cancer, and his recent prognosis has meant that to extend his life and retain a chance of survival, he needs to seek private treatment outside of the NHS. Matt's family have set up a GoFundMe page that is linked in the Guitar Smarts link tree in the description of this podcast. And we at the Guitar Smarts podcast would like to invite each and every listener to consider donating towards this fund that could well save the life of one of the brightest guitar talents of our generation. Now is the time, folks. Head on over to the link in the description to find the GoFundMe page. Donate what you can. Your donation could save a life. Thank you. Enjoy the podcast thoroughly delighted in many ways and excited by the prospect of what you can get uh, on the new guitar market in that, yeah. in that price range. And do uh, we feel the same way about the second hand market? I feel, I feel like I'm about to have a moan in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Greetings. Welcome to episode number nine of the Guitar Smarts podcast. Thank you so much for joining us once again. This week, Kieran and I have challenged each other with another tricky scenario. This time we each have £300 or about $420 for our US listeners to buy a gig-worthy guitar. The challenge doesn't stop there though. We have to each propose two options. Our option one is we have to choose a brand new guitar. Option two is a second-hand guitar. Uh, we have to use the change left over to modify second-hand guitars to improve them. Now stick around for this one because we were both surprised by the same thing which was basically that currently at least here in the UK the second hand market isn't the gold mine it used to be for those with just a few hundred quid to spend as always come and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash guitar smarts follow us on Instagram using the handle at guitar underscore smarts finally wherever you listen to your podcast remember to please click subscribe or follow so you don't miss another great show like this one let's get to it Kieran, how are you doing anyway? You all right? I'm I'm in really good uh, spirits today, mate. Uh, it's Friday as always, which is a pleasure because we have to we have to chat to each other about guitars, which is never a chore. And uh, the sun has decided to make an appearance today and is shining through uh, the window into my guitar room, stroke COVID working office. So yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, I'm in a good it's, mood today, mate. It's that time of the week where I get to look at all the guitars on the back room wall in your <laughs> in your office and go, "That's nice. That one's nice. I remember that one." That the very axis every guitar <laughs> <laughs> that's every guitar yeah i love the way you opened uh, our phone call before we started uh, actually recording where you just went all oh, right i'm checking is there any more guitars so, uh, <laughs> there isn't there isn't this week uh but there might be after this challenge that we've set ourselves because i tell you what a it's made me think again about this uh dream guitar that i've got on order and uh, whether i should be pressing the button on that when they call me to tell me it's arrived in and it's really made me re-look at what there is on the market and the quality of what there is on the market at the at the kind of uh, lower end of the price range, which used to be associated with cheap stuff that wouldn't really last that long or play that well. But I tell you what, having done this challenge this week that you set us, I'm thinking differently. I'm thinking very, very differently. I'm astonished at what is available for 300 yeah. quid. And I'm yeah. also astonished at something else, which I know we'll get on to oh, later. I've 
I've, I've gone into grumpy old man mode this week, which I mean happens a lot anyway, but very rarely when it's to do with guitars. That's the that's my happy place. But yeah, I've had a bit of a revelation this week. So should, should we talk about what 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 the challenge was that you said? Let's do the challenge. So we we this is the right. three hundred pound gigging guitar challenge, right? You've just had a tax rebate to the tune of four and a half grand. Brilliant, right? That's <laughs> custom shop guitar money. But unfortunately, car needs an MOT. Your lounge needed new carpets. There was a water leak under the orangery, and after all that's fixed, the family holiday is booked. You've got three hundred quid left to spend on a new guitar. Oh, it couldn't be, it <laughs> yeah, couldn't be more just, true. It couldn't be more true. Yeah. <laughs> I have a, I have a, I have a group of uh, musician mates, um, most of whom are guitarists. Some are drummers, but we we, we let them on the group. And uh, <laughs> uh, there, there was text going backwards and forwards this morning um, about guitars that people were looking at and wanting to buy, and and the whole thread of conversation that ended when everyone just went I've just had to spend £800 on fixing uh, you know a damp in the walls or I've just had a, a burst water main <laughs> yeah. that cost me three, three, 400 kid that was a guitar so actually uh, this is very much the balance of life at the moment all of the guitars we could have bought if we hadn't didn't have to, to kind of maintain a house I think I think so many people relate to this right but for your 300 quid we've chosen two possible routes right so this is the challenge so we've got to find a choice and maybe a couple of honourable mentions for the, the guitar that we would buy for 300 quid. A gigging instrument, something that you could rely on to gig. And the other option, number two, is buy something secondhand and spend the change that you, you have out of your 300 quid on making some upgrades to improve it. Okay, so that's the challenge. 300 quid I on think, a new guitar. I think it's a really good challenge. It's, it's uh, tough, isn't it? Well, it's. It, it, I tell you what. There's been a couple of revelations doing this um, for me, which which we'll go through as we go through the process, and we will get into the guitars. Uh, but I think this is a very realistic challenge for, for a lot of people, either for uh, beginners making their journey into into kind of electric guitar and thinking, right, how much money do I need to spend to get myself a decent guitar that's gonna gonna you know be worth owning for a while and, and is gonna play nicely. And three hundred pounds, I think, is a nice amount of money for a beginner to spend on a guitar. What I have learned. From this process is you can get some actually very promising looking guitars for a lot less than that which i had no idea you could start to pick up guitars for you know less than a 100 quid i think that's quite a nice interesting price point i think it's quite a challenging price point as well because i think if you spend like another 100 pounds uh, more then you start to get into the kind of more mid-rangey kind of intermediate level, which, again, there's a whole more range of choice in there. So I think £300 is the right cutoff. Um, we, we keep talking about pounds. We've got, we've got a lot of listeners in the US as well, so we should kind of try and make that relevant in dollars as well. So we're probably talking about 400 bucks. Yeah, something kind of like price. that. I think that's about yeah. right. About that kind of price range. So I think, I think it's a good challenge, but I think it's also a good conundrum, which is, you know, not just for the beginner, but also for the gigging guitarist who might want to buy another guitar <clears throat> to have on the rack at a gig, you know, in case of backup or whatever. That's a nice uh, amount of money to have as, as your kind of second spare guitar or third spare guitar that you take uh, out on a gig or, or, or something like that in case you break a string or whatever. And, and the conundrum is also, well, do I go and use that money to buy something brand new or uh, can I get something really decent and save a bit of cash and get something used and, and potentially even upgrade some of the parts of it? So I think that's a nice little dilemma that we could shed some light on as to, as to what route to go down. Do you do you go new or, or do you actually get a better bang for your buck going used and secondhand? And I certainly went into this challenge with a preconception around, 
I was going to get a lot more for my money going secondhand and then modding it and putting some different bits into it. But I think um, through this through this process um, of, of doing a bit of research on this, I've, I've had my mind changed a little bit. I agree entirely. That's that's almost exactly how I feel about it. I'm, I'm actually um, quite shocked at the secondhand market. I thought it would be a fertile ground, you know, for exactly what you said, finding something at a really good price, um, but I think I think there's clearly some misplaced expectations from people who are selling their guitars secondhand on what on what they're worth, um, and that makes it quite difficult with three hundred quid or your four hundred dollars to actually. Well, actually, I, I don't know if it's the same. Obviously, in different parts of the world, but certainly where we are here in the UK, it seems like the secondhand market in that range, at least, is. Hmm. Not, not not very not filled with choices. So so we'll get on we'll we'll get on to that and, and I agree with you. I think we've both because we did this research separately, right? And we're yes. coming together right now to discuss what we've individually found during the course of the week. So we haven't really chatted about it during the week. We've just had the challenge, and you you know I'm competitive, so I was like, oh, I'm going to find I'm going to find a better guitar than Matt for the money and and all of that. But actually, it's it, uh, the competitive bit's gone, and I think this has gone a lot more philosophical in terms of the the UK used market and and. When what's happening in the new market, which I think is quite interesting. But I'd love to hear from 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 our kind of listeners around what their thoughts are around this and, and any bargains that they've picked up, either new or, or secondhand and, and used. And I'd love to hear from 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 the folks in the US as well, or in, indeed in other countries in, in Europe about what their used guitar market is like. Because you know the things that we're going to talk about for certainly what's going on in the UK market at this price point, I think was was quite a, quite an insight and and. Quite a point of concern for me so anyway yes and we should say as well because obviously we're doing an audio podcast here right but we're going to be talking about things we're looking at at the same time so if you're listening to this head over to the facebook page or the instagram page and you'll be able to see some pictures and some screenshots of exactly the instruments that we're talking about and then you can yeah. get an idea. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm going to show you some of the pictures of stuff that I've found, and then you're going to talk me through some of your stuff. But we'll we'll try and make reference to model numbers and you know websites we found these on, and, and put them on our social media so so people can see. Because I think I think there's the, there's some great things out there that we found, which is going to be useful for people looking for their next uh, reasonably moderate uh, purchase. Yeah, and I'm excited about this because I've got to say I think I think I may have got a little bit attached to the guitars I've chosen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, certainly, certainly, you know, I think, like, you know, they're great choices. So I'm kind of, I'm pretty certain that I'm justified in making these selections. <laughs> I, I almost bought one of these this morning. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. I really almost oh, did. This is a dangerous challenge. Uh, yeah, this is. I was just like, oh, man, I'm going to kill you for saying this challenge. It's just cost me money. But honestly, yeah, I've just, in yeah. the process, I've found a guitar. I'm like, hmm. That looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, let's get stuck into let's it. Let's get got to it. it. Do you want to go first? Yeah. All right. So, I'm happy so, to go so first. You, so you go first. This is so. Let's look at first of all. Number one, we'll look at our three hundred pound brand new off the shelf. Yes. Guitars. Yes. Yeah. So sorry to interrupt this super interesting conversation. However, if you've made it this far, you should probably subscribe to the Guitar Smarts podcast. You can do that in your favorite podcast app. Go and do that now and then come back to the show. Let's get back to it. What I did is I tended to go up to the maximum of the budget, right? Working on a general principle that 
you know, within this price bracket, the more you spend, the better guitar you are generally going to get. There's definitely a point of diminishing returns with, you know, how much you spend on a guitar and then how much incrementally better it is. But I don't think we're, we're playing at the moment with, with this challenge in the, in, in, in the realms of diminishing returns. So I've tried to see, okay, up to that £300, $400 mark, what is the, what is, what, what can I get up to the top end of that, that range? Um, but there were a few things that came in where I was like, wow actually you know what these are really worth mentioning because they're they're actually not at the top end of this budget and they are fantastic so i'm going to go to the brands that people will recognize uh first of all epiphone fairly obvious kind of starting point for a well-known well-made instrument that kind of sits in that price range now epiphone les pauls which are you know are very popular the kind of standard versions of those are actually out of this price bracket by, by maybe 50, 60 pounds. But what you can get is like the kind of Epiphone Les Paul specials. And there's a lovely one here that's that's going for 160 pounds, like less, less than 200 bucks. Brand new, two humbuckers, three-way switch. You know, that is a cool guitar for not a lot of money brand new. It's available in a bunch of different finishes. Uh, and also Epiphone do a really reasonable version of that Epiphone Les Paul special, but it's actually the kind of slash copy of his appetite for destruction type uh, Les Paul. I've heard Very good things about that. I have. Yeah, yeah. Heard, but for such a cheap guitar, I've heard good things about that. A lot of you go on kind of the Epiphone fan pages and things, and there's some guys that have got those that say they're fantastic guitars. I've I've heard the same, but they are. I mean, and the price point of that is two hundred and 20 pounds brand new and that comes with gig bags and straps and and all kinds of other bumps with it so i mean that's that's you know 250 bucks that's a lot of guitar for the money especially if you're a fan of slash and even if you're not it's a pretty cool looking guitar you know zebra humbuckers um that's looking pretty special so i think in the epiphone range you can get yourself a stripped down les paul special or even this kind of afd slash kind of uh, epiphone i think the brand name itself is is well known with with, with kind of good quality you're not going to get things like the kind of epiphone 335s or dots that they that they do which is their version of it you're not really going to get a, a a kind of standard les paul for, for that kind of money at least as far as i could find but i think that's a that's a good kind of starting point for anyone that's into kind of les paul single cut style guitars but on that note, that's the kind of Epiphone stripped down version. What I also uh, found from uh, Toman, which is a, a huge uh, guitar distributor in the, in the UK, but I believe they ship worldwide now. And particularly if you're into the kind of single cut Les Paul style things, is the Harley Benton guitars, which I've mentioned before, because I, I bought one of the kind of PRS uh, versions that Harley Benton do. But this one here, this is a full-on, full-fat Les Paul copy by Harley Benton. So not the kind of stripped-down version that Epiphone do. This is the, the Harley Benton kind of uh, version of a, of, a, of a Gibson Les Paul. And it's the SC550. And again, this is done in that, what they call the Paradise Amber Flame, which for anyone that's a fan of GNR and Slash, they'll know that this is a kind of direct copy of his Chris Derrick Gibson uh, yeah. copy, <laughs> right? Uh, we, we're not going to go down. But, no. Yeah, we're not going to. We're not going to go into that <laughs> rabbit hole today. It. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that is a lot of guitar for the money because I actually own the 
vintage branded version of this guitar, but they're identical. They're made in the same factory by the same people and have got all the same components on it. So it's but vintage, just the name on the headstock. Yeah, it's just the name on the headstock. The vintage branded version, because uh, vintage is a, a guitar brand here in the UK. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's it's worldwide as well. But the vintage one, uh, I bought for about another £100, $150 on top of this. And it's identical. And it's a great guitar. I've, I think it's a brilliant guitar for the money and I've used it as a, as a second guitar for gigging and stuff like that. So yeah, that's kind of the Les Paul market covered. So that's 195 quid, Matt. That's that's like, you know, that's two thirds of the budget that, that, that we set ourselves. It's crazy, isn't it? If you're savvy enough, you can get, you, you know, you can get a quite a few guitars, 300 quid. So, I mean, I was quite pleasantly surprised with that. And I know how good this guitar is, the Harley, the Harley Benton. That's a lot of guitar for the money there for 195 quid, a full fat Les Paul. It doesn't say Gibson on the head, so it doesn't say Epiphone. But I guarantee you that, you know, those Harley Bentons, uh, that, five, that SC550, that is a lot of guitar for somebody looking for a Les, a Les Paul. It's a stunning um, guitar. Yeah. Looks beautiful, uh, and I've and I've got I've got a version of it, um, and the pickups are decent. Uh, I, again, I bought it as a guitar to mod, but I haven't modded anything on it because it's actually it's actually really good. Also, just briefly, kind of talk about the other uh, Harley Benton things that I found because I mean this guitar manufacturer is just producing some phenomenal guitars at, at ridiculous price points. So. Now, uh, I, I, and I've got to, I've got to add in here quickly, just, just to give anybody an idea about the range of stuff that Harley Benton do. I looked at Harley Benton too, right? I went on to Man, and I just put in electric guitars. I selected Harley Benton as the brand, and I sorted it from the cheapest product <laughs> upwards, right? I think the cheapest one's like a kid's guitar that starts about forty odd quid, okay, about sixty bucks, whatever. But do you know how it kind of lists maybe 20 guitars and then you go to page two, 20 guitars? I got up to, I think, page seven before it was even adding up to about £150. So we're talking maybe I was looking through more than 100 different guitars from Harley Benton before we were even halfway up the price range that we set ourselves. It's just an insane amount of choice from these guys. It's unbelievable. It's exciting because... I've got a couple of these guitars and I didn't expect them to be as good as they are. I mean, okay, they're not a premium guitar. They're not, you know, uh, something that you're going to uh, say is, you know, your dream guitar. But, you know, that's fine. That's pl- there's, there's plenty more space on the wall for your dream guitar. And that, that kind of is, you know, for another day. What we're talking about, just, you know, for this challenge uh, in particular, is, you know, stuff for beginners or intermediate players or even pros that want to have a a second, third guitar to lug around or just have have got a bit of cash, as you said, in your challenge. You've just been given it, you know, you've got a bit of cash back from the tax man uh, uh, and you want to have a bit of fun with the guitar. This is a really safe way to do it and get something decent that you will actually enjoy playing. Um, So (laughs) I, I was playing guitar last night night and uh i picked up one of the harley bentons of all the you know dozens and well, more, more than dozens of guitars sitting behind me i had a, I had a, I had a jam on the harley benton um and it was this one it's the cst 24 which is their double cutaway prs style guitar now 
I've played real PRSs and set up real PRSs and they are beautiful instruments. They're just stunning in, in every way. This is not, you know, if you put them side by side, of course, it's not a real PRS and its shortcomings will soon be evident. But if you don't put them side by side and you just take it on face value for what it is, it's a pretty guitar that's really decently made, reasonably finished, give it a good setup and you can have a lot of fun on it and feel very smug with yourself that you've spent, you know, what you'd probably spend on a, on a meal out and a, and a few drinks out in London. It's a, it's a great guitar. And as you say, Matt, you go on that Toman website and look up Harley Benton guitars and you can find everything. They're versions of kind of tellies, strats. They, you'll even get a 335 style guitar, semi-hollow guitars, arch top stuff, everything. They've got, they've got versions of everything and, and they are inexpensive. They've even, they've even got a telly that kind of looks like Prince's telly. You remember, yeah. you know, yeah. that, that telly had that kind of natural finish with it. I think it was a Horner telly, telecaster he had. The mind boggles. So look, Harley Benton, and I know you're a lot, I know some people are going to be snobby about the name on the headstock. And you know what? For a number of years, I, I, I was. So in order to satisfy my snobbishness, I went out and bought all of the expensive guitars uh, <laughs> with the names on the headstock. And you know what? Here's an insight. It doesn't, it doesn't make you happier. And it makes you, you know, realize that actually they're great guitars and they're lovely to own but you can still get cheap guitars and and still have as much fun on them so exactly the enjoyment i get and satisfaction from playing guitar or performing relies nothing on the kudos of other guitarists if another guitarist thinks oh he's playing a cheap harley benton i don't care it's you know (laughs) i'm enjoying myself that's what matters exactly exactly i love turning up to a gig or a jam night with a no-name brand guitar or a cheap guitar and it's fine and people are like oh look have you seen my gibson les paul or whatever and you and you know i don't want to say to them yeah i've got i've got i've got some of them at home you know because i go well why didn't you bring that why aren't you playing that so well i do but this is this is a lot of fun and it's and it's uh and and it's cheap and it's inexpensive so i don't mind taking it out and anyway that's a, that we, we've, we've talked about that before. So I, I want to hand over to you in a minute, but just before I do, um, Matt, there's, I, I want to call out one particular manufacturer who I think deserves special commendation, right? And, and at this price point, and that is Ibanez. I've always been a fan of Ibanez guitars. I've set up a bunch of them in my time for people. One of my best friends is a real Steve Vai fan. And, you know, he's got a beautiful uh, gem, uh, Ibanez. And I've, I've set that up from a couple of times and played it. And, it, and it's stunning, right? But I've, but I've never... I've never really uh, owned one myself and, and I'm more kind of traditional in my guitar choices. I think they deserve a special mention because at this price range, some of the stuff that Ibanez is producing is, is frankly stunning for the price. And you're getting that, that name on the headstock. Every Ibanez that I've ever played or set up for a customer, I've been impressed with in terms of build quality and finish for the price of it. And they, again, have got a huge range of guitars underneath that price point that we're talking about that I would not have any kind of uh, embarrassment or issues owning and playing and I think are fantastic. So that was an eye-opener for me because I don't normally follow the Ibanez guitars as closely as I do as others. But I tell you what, I'm going to start doing that now. And my my actual choice for, for what I would buy brand new is an Ibanez. It is the Ibanez SA260 FM. T260 
TGB, which is the longest guitar <laughs> name in the world. It's snappy. What can I it's, say? It's snappy. It's snappy. So the TGB basically stands for Transparent Grey Burst. Okay, so we can get rid of that. It's a, it's a grey flamed maple top. Uh, it's probably a very thick veneer rather than a kind of full maple cap, I would imagine. But that's all right. It looks very beautiful. It is that Ibanez style. It's not quite... Yes. Look, doesn't quite look like a gem. It doesn't it kind of looks a bit more like the kind of satriani type ibanez i mean google it people look at look it up i tell you what this is right i mean this is actually over the budget in terms of recommended retail price this retails for around 350 pounds about 400 bucks 420 bucks something like that Uh, but i managed to find a couple of online sellers that are doing it on a deal so I found one that was doing it for £291 and one that was doing it for £299. So I've, I've got it under budget. And I tell you what, I'm blown away by the, by the look of this thing. It's beautiful. The, it's stunning. Yeah. It's absolutely stunning. It's, uh, it's really uh, kind of thin, lightweight, you know, but you've got the Ibanez quality. It's got a beautiful satin finished neck on it, uh, a really nice kind of synchronized trim. You've got, um, you've got a humbucker, uh, at the bridge, and then you know two uh, single coils. Um, so you've got a lot of different tonal uh, versatility there. And the more I looked into this guitar, the more I was just thinking, actually, look for less than three hundred quid. This is a stunning piece of kit that I think actually a beginner would be delighted with, but any intermediate or even pro would would have a lot of fun on this guitar. It's proper Ibanez for really not a lot of money for what for the amount of guitar that you're getting. And I honestly came with in an inch of buying one of these this morning because I was just like you nearly bought yeah, yeah. And, and do you know what Matt I might buy it by yeah. the end of, t- of today because do you know what I've, I've got this guitar on order the dream guitar on order I'm kind of like ah, oh, should I should I pull the trigger on that one and is it is it is it too extravagant whatever I'm still not going to tell you what it is until it arrives but I, I, what I will tell you is I could have nine of these <laughs> for, the, for that one and when you put it like that you go well that's yeah. just stupid isn't it because that's not nine times uh you know better uh i don't think it will be than than this this is this is a fantastic choice and do you know what you've picked something as well that isn't just often by itself clearly a great guitar but going back to the original premise of what we were trying to do you know trying to find a gigging guitar something that in my mind is you know, it's just it's the second guitar you might take to a gig, and and you've picked something that's super versatile. It's got a proper trim. You've got um, you know, single coil, single coil humbucker there as well. So you're a bit of a rock monster, but good for all genres. Even just objectively speaking, that's a lot of bang for the buck. That's what I thought, and and you know, for me, Ibanez was a standout mention in this list. I think we're all we're all kind of getting getting to know you know brands like Vintage and brands like Harley Benton that are offering something you know quite staggering for the price point. And we've we've all known Epiphones are reasonable. There's there's other definitely notable mentions which I know you'll you'll probably get onto. So I won't I won't kind of r- r- ruin what you've got coming up because there are other brands that we could mention that I was surprised by. Um, but for me, this was the standout brand that I thought, actually, you know what, Ibanez, good on you. You are producing some really sensational, versatile guitars that aren't just, you know, for Steve Vai fans at a reasonable price point. And to the point where I think this SA26 Zero FM is going to is gonna be on my mind and, and, and may even get, get purchased. Um, it's on your mind. It might be on your wall tomorrow. <laughs> 
<laughs> Let's find out what happens next week. <laughs> well, congratulations, because that is a fantastic choice, but also commiserations, because I definitely think I've beaten you on this one. Oh, I'm, I'm intrigued. All right, buddy. Well, no, I don't know. And it's all, it's all, it's all subjective. You, I, it? you know what? I hope you have, and I mean that in all, in all, <laughs> in all sincerity, because I'm so damn excited about what we found on this, that if you found something else uh, that's even better, I'm, I'm just, this challenge will have been worth it as a, as a kind of validation on on what guitar manufacturers are doing at the moment that is that is exciting for people well, that have been we've both know. learned something doing this haven't we? Yeah. this is the great thing right on to my choices are you excited i really genuinely am mate um <laughs> I, because, not only because of what you might have found but it's also good to know what you think about the the the, the market and what got you excited because although we we love our guitars right we don't necessarily like the same thing but we uh, kind of have good fun talking about pros and cons of it. So I'm really interested to see how you would spend your money uh, in this bracket. Um, you, you made a good point though about Ibanez being a real player in this bracket amongst other people. But do you know what the biggest thing I, I, I realised was that for 300 quid, um, between a select number of manufacturers, every genre is covered. You know, there are arch top guitars, semi-acoustic guitars. You know, Ibanez have got some serious rock machines in there as well. You know, metal guitars as well with active pickups. You know, Ibanez have got this art core series, which are great for, you know, the blues and jazzier side of things. You know, there's just some... I don't think there's a... if you, Whatever genre of music you're into, you're covered if you've got 300 quid in getting... And that I found astounding that you know back when when i was you know learning guitar when i was 13 years old you couldn't get the range of guitars that you can get now for a few hundred quid and i think it's just fantastic that there's so much so many options around it does make you wonder do you need to spend more than 300 quid on a guitar really three five hundred quid you know six seven hundred bucks above that you're really satisfying your own desires aren't you more than getting something you really need you know it seems that way you know when you look at the market but anyway right here we go are you ready i've gone for Hey there, listener. I'm just going to stop you there. Maybe you've got a few questions for us about the podcast or even anything guitar related at all. Well, if you come on over to our Facebook page or Instagram page and comment or message us there, we will answer your question in a future podcast. You know where to find us. It's facebook.com forward slash guitar smarts or at guitar underscore smarts on Instagram. Let's get back to it. I've gone for a Yamaha. Hey. A Yamaha Pacifica. <laughs> 212 yeah. VFM, yeah. again, another really snappy model number, electric guitar in caramel brown. And I found this at an online retail for about 299 quid. But again, like your choice, it, it, I think it's recommended retail prices above that. But this is a pretty, pretty sexy guitar. It's a good-looking guitar, isn't it? Exactly. Um, tell people about the okay. spec. That you, so the that spec on this is, is pretty good, right, I think. This is a, you know, older body, maple neck, rosewood board, flamed maple veneer top, and it's a flamed maple veneer headstock as well, which is kind of cool. It's got that custom shop vibe, right? That's what Yamaha say on the website. It's aimed at that kind of classic California custom shop 
session guitarist vibe, right? And that's why that model range is called the Pacifica anyway. You know, it's meant to be like the LA session scene guitarist in the 80s that would have like the Tom Anderson guitars that were very much the sleek kind of hot rodded strat kind of guitars. It's a humbucker, single coil, single coil pickup again combination with a coil tap on the humbucker. So again, super versatile instrument, really good quality hardware, something I've found which I thought would be useful. It's got headstock access to the truss, truss rod, right? Which to, to my kind of, <laughs> that was important to me at the time of looking for this because I've just recently made some adjustments yeah. to my strat and had to loosen the neck off to get to the truss rod. That's such a silly design it thing. Really but is. anyway. So I, when you texted me uh, when you were adjusting your truss rod, uh, I was a, I, I had a, I had a grin on my face because it's it's when you start doing that that you reach the point when you buy future guitars that that becomes a prerequisite to have the truss rod adjustment <laughs> on the headstock yeah. because God, God bless Leo Fender he made some beautiful instruments but if if it was his idea on some of those instruments to put the truss rod adjustment on the neck heel it's just such a pain so yeah. um, you know I, the fact that you, you're delighted now that it's got cross from adjustment is yeah pleases me interestingly about the spec on this it's got it's got a strat scale length which you know again that's a practical decision from my part because i play a strat most of the time um, and it's got a relatively flat fingerboard <clears throat> radius i think it's it, it's a 13 and three quarter inch radius fingerboard which i think is pretty flat that's okay, pre- so that my- is pretty flat so uh for those of people that don't know about fingerboard radius I'm, I'm sure a lot of our listeners do but if you don't don't worry um we'll cover that uh in 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 future episodes but it's it, it's basically uh it kind of talks about how flat or how rounded in very basic simplistic terms that the fingerboard is and and therefore hence the frets are and then in turn uh, the kind of curvature that the that the strings take uh, over the, the the surface of the, the the fretboard, and it's kind of generally considered that the more rounder the the kind of fingerboard radius um, is, the, it's more comfortable for kind of chord playing. Um, uh, and the flatter it is, um, you know, the, the, these are generalizations, right? The, the flatter it is, so uh, you kind of ten. Uh, uh, to 12 kind of radius that you get on on kind of Les Paul type uh, guitars, which are a bit more flatter than strats, whichever kind of seven to kind of nine and a half type radius um, is generally considered more comfortable for string bending and, and faster playing. And then you get into the like ultra modern guitars, like some of the Ibanezes and stuff like that, which can have up to like a 14 uh, inch uh, radius, which is which is super flat. So um, thirteen on this is is a is a is a, is a flat uh, board, which which might be really nice for kind of string bending and and, and potentially yeah. Fast, and I guess that allows playing. you to have I guess on a on a, a a fingerboard that has a smaller radius, so it's more curved. That means bending can be more difficult, and therefore you have to ha- allow a higher action. Is that right? If you do a lot of bending, whereas a flatter fingerboard, you can have a lower action with less problematic kind of areas on the board for bending and things. Is that right? This is the, the- this is the theory, mate. This is the theory. But you know what? There's a lot more to it than that. I mean, look, you know, without going down a, a kind of rabbit hole with this one, look at the look at the PRS Silver Sky that just came out, right? That's got a seven and a quarter inch radius on it, right? Which is like the old traditional vintage Fender uh, kind of radius, right? 
And and you go, well, hold on a minute. Does that mean I'm not going to get a low action on my on my beautiful John Mayer kind of signature silver sky? And it's not going to be good for string bending or, or low action. And you, you play one of those uh, that's been decently set up and you go, oh, I, I, that, that's just blown that myth out of the water, yeah. isn't it? So, uh, so there's a bit more to it than that. But I, as a gen, as a generalization, as a safe generalization, what you're saying is absolutely correct. Cool. So that was, uh, and that was something that um, I, I thought was relatively important in having a backup guitar. I was thinking, well, that, that yeah, plays into my hands as wanting something that's easily playable, so I can pick out of the bag if I need to, you know, last minute, and just you know not feel like I have to spend a few minutes getting used to it too much, you know. Um, but the reasons for choosing this weren't just around the budget and liking it. One was I have previous experience with a Pacifica. I used to own one and the fantastic guitars for the money. And also it's Yamaha is a big brand. You know, they are, people forget about them, but they are another big musical instrument brand. And there's a lot of weight behind that brand. So I kind of thought I'm going with somebody I can trust here as well for my money. And it's a, you know, it's, it's a sexy guitar and it's probably versatile. And I thought that is, I think, 300 quid, 400 bucks, well spent. I, I'm delighted that you've chosen that, mate. Um, I did see the Pacificas in my search and it, it made it made me think of you and, and your first kind of guitar that you had. And I, I'll be honest, because I haven't been looking so much at this price point for, for a little while, um, other than the Harley Benton stuff. I hadn't realised that they were producing such a vast range of Pacificas now um, with all these different kinds of specs. And some of them, like the one you've just, just called out, you know, really exciting piece of kit, really versatile. It's going to be well made. I love the smaller pit guard on this as well, because, you know, if the, yeah. strap, if the normal strap pit guard's a T-shirt, this is a big it's that kind of thing. <laughs> it really is. I didn't realise that until you, until yeah, you mentioned yeah, it. But exactly, yeah, it it's kind it's of a tiny like little pick up. Exactly. It's. I think it's just a fantastic looking guitar. Anyway, I'm going to move on to my choice number two, and this will make you laugh because it's another Pacifica. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. This this was almost my number one choice. I've got to say, this was number one until I spotted the other one. But this is less. But the reason I didn't choose this is just honourable mention number one. And there's two kind of honourable mentions. But the reason I didn't choose this is slightly less versatile. But I can't. I I I don't think I've ever seen another guitar. And actually, I should say this is the Yamaha Pacifica three one one. H, right? So this is in vintage white, slightly different model than the previous one. Same same shape, mostly the same spec, rosewood board, maple neck, older body. No flamed finish or anything like that. Um, but instead of this kind of versatile single coil, single coil humbucker with a coil tap, um, this is a P90 in the neck and a humbucker in the bridge, which I don't, I don't know if I know of any other guitars that have that combination. I mean, it's a pretty gnarly pickup combination to have, but it doesn't have a tremolo. It's a, it's a, it's a hardtail bridge system on this guitar, uh, but it does have coil tap on the humbucker again. So I thought that that's, a, that's actually a really nice, really nice looking guitar. And that comes in just a little bit under the three hundred budget as well. Two seven five, you kind of seeing that. That's the cool. It's the cool guitar. I, I love a P ninety in a guitar. There, there is something really cool and and kind of compressed and and squishy about the sound of a P ninety, but also it's got some growl and some bite to it. Why would you recommend this to somebody over, or or in what situation would you say to somebody? Because uh, you've chosen two, two Pacificas, you may have even chosen three <laughs> when we get to your next. In fact, Matt, is it all just Pacificas? <laughs> no, no, this is not a product placement. You know, this is not <laughs> Yamaha. 
I've not contacted me you know, to, right. to do this. Well, if someone said to you, okay, Matt, well, you've got two Pacificas there, very different specs and setup, which one should I choose? Well, which, which one would I go for? That's a really good question that I don't know the answer to. <laughs> so, so what I would say is, what I would say is, um, I think the the second one, the three one one H, which is the one with the P ninety and the humbucker, that's a good option for somebody who's who's looking for that. This is a good thing for a different vibe around the standard kind of realm of what guitarists usually pick. You know, it's something different, something with different sounds. I don't even know what it would likely sound like, to be perfectly honest. It's not going to sound like a Strat. It's not going to sound like a Les Paul. The other choice, the one that I made my first choice, which is a bit more of a standard kind of vibe, you know, it's more Stratty with the humbucker in the bridge. That's what I would say to somebody, you know, um, this is going to cover all the bases for you. This is going to allow you to get a lot of different sounds, either as, um, you know, a guitarist who needs a backup guitar that they can rely on for anything, whether you're doing a jazz gig or a rock gig or anything like that. This this is what I would say is the most versatile. So, um, but if you're if you're looking for, hey, I just want I've got a lot of guitars, I want something a bit different, then the three three one one H was was the choice. There was one more honourable mention which I'll just quickly go over, but this this will make you laugh. It's not a Pacifica. Right, it's a Harley ah. Benton. It's a Harley Benton, good old Harley Benton. And I literally went into Harley. I went onto the website and kind of did the opposite thing. Budget was three hundred quid, and I listed it price descending. You know, so I'd get the most expensive thing first. And this again, it doesn't really kind of tick any boxes for me. I don't feel anything about this guitar, but I put it on though because I thought this is the most guitar for the money. I think I saw yes. Anyway, it absolutely right. is. I saw this one. And do you know what? I just sent a picture of this to, to a friend this morning, this exact guitar, because he sent me a picture of what he was currently lusting after, which was this uh, Charvel yeah. version of this. Think, it looks yeah. identical to this. And it's also then a version of uh, that Charvel is in turn a version of the Guthrie Govan uh, signature guitar that he really liked. He's a, a, a huge Guthrie fan. So um and I sent him a picture of this and went, go and buy this from Marley Benton and, uh, and, and save yourself hundreds. I mean, it was done in, in, in jest, right? Because, you know, his dream guitar is, 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 is the Guthrie, yeah. which is like three, <laughs> three grand's worth of guitar. So let, let's be honest, this, this is it's not the same. But I tell you what, when you look at the specs of this, it's a lot of guitar for the money. It's some serious, serious spec on this. It's the Harley Benton Fusion 2 HSH, which means... Humbucker, single coil humbucker, roasted FNT set. So it's got a set neck <laughs> and it's got a sapel body, maple flame veneer, maple neck, roasted maple fretboard on a guitar, sub 300 smackaroos, graph tech nut, natural wood binding, coil tapping humbuckers, Wilkinson trem, locking machine heads, comes with a gig bag. For three hundred quid, that's a that's just a serious, serious guitar. It's basically the only decision you've got to make is, do you care about what's written on the headstock? And we had that discussion before. That that's a personal thing, right? But this this was a very sterile decision. I thought I've got to put this on my list because of how much of a guitar it is for the money. But it's not my kind of guitar. But it's an incredible amount of guitar for three hundred notes. In- do you know what, mate? I had the exact same kind of thing. It doesn't evoke any particular feelings in me when I look at it, <clears throat> like some of the other guitars that we've spoken about do. Like that Ibanez that I mentioned that I came close to buying this morning, when I look at that, I just go, wow, that, I want to I pick that up and play it. 
that looks that looks awesome. This Harley this Harley Benton model doesn't really do that for me. But if you think about what you're getting for the money and the spec of it, and I've heard on the forums and things that people are going crazy for this guitar and that it plays like a dream. And to some people, they'll look at it and go, "It's it's amazing." Then it's a lot of guitar for the money. So I think we've been thoroughly delighted in many ways and excited <laughs> by the prospects of what you can get uh, on the new guitar market in that, yeah. in that price range. And do uh, we feel the same way about the second-hand market? I feel, I feel like I'm about to have a moan in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, what, what's the problem? What's the problem with the second-hand market right now? I think we have to blame Joe Bonamassa. No, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> right, so, 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 how, how, how do how do I get from the UK guitar market sub three hundred pound guitars and and my my confusion with it to, to Joe Bonamassa? I don't know if these things are linked. I'm pretty certain they're not. But there is this. I think this mentality that seems to be creeping in, which is all guitars. Uh, will appreciate or hold their value over time and also wear and damage to a guitar is seen as acceptable because it's just kind of player grade versus it actually just being poorly treated patina uh, you know yeah i mean come on people let's 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 be reasonable when we're describing guitars if it's been played and there's a bit of buckle rash on the back and there's the odd little bit of finish you know minor kind of wear here and there because it's sat on a guitar stand or rested on the floor or accidentally you know caught the corner of a mic stand of course we're going to be like reasonable and go well that's a second-hand guitar if it's got chunks of wood missing out of it you can't you can't i'm sorry you can't call it you know player grade it's like that's damaged you know that's just that's just i damaged. can't i can't do that with my car can I? I can't add more. If I sell my car, if it's got a bump in the bonnet, and I, I can't add more onto it and say it's driver grade. You That's know. it. That's it. <laughs> so why do I mention Joe Bonamassa? I'm a huge Bonamassa fan. What an incredible player. And I'm so envious of all the guitars. And, and I love his guitar philosophy and the fact that he plays these guitars and curates them. So uh, I'm not having a dig at him. I think he's brilliant. Um, but um, he obviously goes on a lot of guitar safaris and he's he's obviously buying up these vintage instruments as are a lot of other you know collectors and wealthy people like him and i wonder if it's like that kind of domino effect all the way down the food chain that is then creating this mentality that because of 59 as paul sold for x amount in 1959 uh if you just keep hold of it the longer you keep hold of it you're going to have a five hundred thousand dollar guitar in the decades to come now obviously we're not talking about that magnitude of, of kind of appreciation or increase in prices but what i saw on the used guitar market was people are still trying to get the same money or more money than they paid for these guitars a few years back they it's the same types of guitars that i saw when i was looking new right so i'm not getting a huge amount of access to more advanced more expensive models at a reasonable price i'm still by and large seeing the same types of guitars that i could buy brand new for a little bit extra money but now what I've got is a guitar that is a few years old. It's got wear on it in some instances. But you know, look, I'll show you. I'll show you an example uh, of it if I, if I, if I can. Um, so in in some instances, you've got you've got exactly the same uh, guitar, um, 
a little bit cheaper, but but with like bags of of, of wear on it. So here's here's this guitar, right? This is an Ibanez. It's a slightly different model number, SAS 36 FM Flame Maple. It's in trans red. I saw that picture on the used market. And I was like, wow, that's that's pretty much like the uh, the other Ibanez for all intents and purposes. It looks pretty much identical. This one's in trans red. It's a beautifully pretty guitar, and it's 249 pounds. Then plus another 20 quid postage. So, all right, I'm saying. Saving 30 quid, 40 bucks off the brand new price. And then that's one picture there of the same guitar at the back. It's got a huge chunk missing out of it. Yeah, it may have exactly. some wear and tear. Yeah, that's, not, that's not wear and tear, that's just damage, right? Uh, and, and similarly, here, look, here's a 2001 PRS Santana SE. And you know, PRS Santana SE is a, is a really nice budget uh, guitar and, and, and it's a great guitar to play. Um, and yeah, it's a pretty reasonable price. But a new one isn't much more money than that, if, if anything. This one is 20 years old and it's got loads of wear on it. And you just think, oh, well... I'm not saving that much money at all. I did find some good clean examples of some guitars that I thought, actually, you know what, that is that is worth the money. I found an Epiphone Dot for, for about 300 bucks, uh, which was pretty decent, really clean condition. Uh, I couldn't get one of those uh, brand new in the price range. So whoever's selling that, I thought, you know, that's that's decent. Good on you. That's a... Uh, I think I don't think they were that much money when they were mm. when they were brand new, or they certainly weren't going for that type of money on the used market a few years ago. So I think there's definitely something that's happened to the used market for those guitars. But hey ho, you know, all right. Uh, I found again this is, was some strats, um, but we're still talking about the Fender Squire Affinity series. I'm not getting into the classic vibe on the used market in this price range yet. I'm not even getting into uh, I'm not getting into the Mexican uh, range of strats. We're still talking Squire uh, stuff here and uh i found this 1996 do we say that's vintage now maybe we do uh i found this vintage <laughs> fender fender squire 50th anniversary edition it's got some extras on it it's it's it is clean it's super clean it's been kept in somebody's loft the metal on it's got a little bit of tarnishing but that would come off if you wanted it to or just leave it and it, and it looks quite quite nice but the rest of it is is decently clean but that's still 240 pounds right and mm. you can buy a brand new affinity uh, for about the same money. So, and here you go. This 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 person here is um, living in a dream world, really. Epiphone electric guitar <laughs> slash AFD, two thousand and eighteen. So that's a few years old now. Includes gig bag for two hundred and fifteen pounds plus uh, fifteen pounds P and P. Well, you can buy a brand new one for less money with more extras, and it's exactly the same guitar. As somebody trying to meet this challenge, I was disappointed that I wasn't getting access to a better, more expensive range of guitars, but used, that I could then make that decision. It was the same types of guitars that I could buy new just for a little bit less money, a little bit less money, but a lot more wear on them, which to my mind defeats the object of going on to the used market. And before, and I'll finish my rant in a minute. The other thing that I realized is I'm also a massive hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm doing exactly the same thing. I've, I'm selling a guitar now on Facebook, and I have been for the last few weeks. And I've had dozens and dozens of offers on this guitar, and I've turned them all down because it's not the asking price that I'm asking. 
and I've realised I'm doing exactly the same thing I'm criticising these people about. So, uh, wow. you know, I'm, 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 do- well, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I don't think I'm as bad, right? But I'm definitely, I'm definitely edging on that territory, and it's made me realise I need to do something with this guitar listing because, I've, um, because I can't criticise other people for doing this and then take a similar track myself. So, I'm selling a Epiphone Les Paul Classic. It's a 2003 model made in the Korean unsung factory. So there's, there's a, you know, depending on what you believe. I personally do think this is true um, because I've owned a few of these. I personally think the Korean made Epiphone Les Pauls had a, had a something about them. Um, I think the Chinese, China made ones are very good. Um, but I think the Korean made ones from that period are particularly special. And I've owned yeah, mine, a few of Mine's them. Korean and it's fantastic. Yeah, I think that, I think the guitars coming out of that factory were, were very good. But, you know, there's, 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 there's people that will say, say differently. But anyway, it is literally... I promise you, Matt. Well, you know, you know this about me anyway. And my OCD, it is beyond mint. It's, this one has never been gigged. It's just been a collector piece. I've played it a few times. It's beautifully set up. It it's uh, it looks like the day it was bought. It is completely and utterly mint, unmodded, factory spec. You know, clean, absolutely mint condition. I paid. Uh, 299 pounds for it back in 2003, brand new. And I'm selling it for 350 on Facebook. And I thought, well, I'm just, am I being a hypocrite now? I mean, the way I looked at it is I looked at what you could buy a brand new uh, Les Paul for, 450 quid. And so I thought, well, I could offer somebody a hundred pounds saving on a brand new one. Uh, it's absolutely mint condition, but it is a used Epiphone guitar and I'm putting it on for more than I bought it for. So I've kind of made a decision. I'm, I'm either going to relist it for less money than I paid for it or exactly the same money that I, I paid for it. So, so knock another 50 quid off it, or I'm just going to take it off the listing and just keep it. I don't want to be contributing to this, this thing that I think is happening on the used guitar market here, which is just, um, a disproportionate kind of value perception to what you can get on the new market. Cause the guitars that are coming out that are new are getting better and better and better and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. And the used market is not keeping up in that way. And I think that's, I think that's a worrying signal. I think people are attributing value to the guitars based on things that don't actually add any value, right? They're, you know, they're, they're making an assumption that because, because they've taken a, a Squire Strat and they've decided in their time as an owner that they wanted to make it look like some kind of relic guitar, that now they can sell it as some kind of custom Squire Strat, you know, with <laughs> with upgrades and things, you know. Um, yeah. and, and I kind yeah. of think, well, it doesn't it doesn't really work that way, you know. I don't think it does at least. And actually, you know, the second part of, of our of our um, challenge, which was to kind of take the money instead and spend on on a, on another guitar and, and upgrade it, I kind of I kind of got to the end of that process. I loved looking for the new guitars, and I felt like the other option was a chore, quite frankly. And in the end, what I did is I found an Epiphone Les Paul SL on eBay for about yeah. 100 quid, you know. It's the most basic guitar I think Epiphone have ever made. It was two single coil pickups, stop tail bridge, popular body, just really, really cheap. And I, I kind of thought, well, I could easily spend, uh, and I did in, in kind of, you know, hypothetically spent a couple of hundred quid. I thought, I'll upgrade all the electrics. I'll put a, a couple of new pickups in there as well. I'll upgrade some of the hardware. And I worked it all out. And then I thought, would I have a guitar that I desire and want to play at the end of it? And quite frankly, no. 
I don't think I would. And actually, I think the best thing to do is to not approach it the way I approached it, which is to try and save as much money as you can for the upgrades and try and get a cheap guitar and see if you can improve it. It's actually to just try and get as much guitar as you can for your money. And if you have some money left over, maybe try and spend it on a setup with a, you know, a good guitar technician who can you know, make it as playable as, as it can be and clean it up and sort out any inherent issues that it might have. That's what I learned as well. And I agree with you entirely. I think the second-hand market is that I think there are some, you know, some chances out there. That's not to say you're a chancer, by the way, with your Les Paul <laughs> trying to sell that. I guess the point that I'm, I'm kind of curious about is this notion that all guitars will appreciate in price over time. And it's, it's a strange thing because there's i i think there's definitely certain guitars that are investment pieces that will do that and and you know popularity of certain brands and guitars and you know if they're made anymore or discontinued and things like that all play into it and can can definitely have that bearing right but i but i but i see this phenomenon increasingly uh, not just in the price point that we're talking about, Matt. So I've been after a Gibson Les Paul classic reissue, right? Because that was one of the dream guitars that I lusted after when I was a, a, a teenager, right? And back, I mean, you know, we're talking 20 years ago, right? They were, they used to retail for £999. I remember that. And that was, and they were significantly cheaper than the kind of U, the USA standard. Still a USA, full-blooded Gibson, but it was the classic one with the open coil humbuckers. It had a plain top, which I love on a Les Paul, as well as the flamey ones. And, and it was less than a grand back then. And I think the standards were probably going for around £1,200 to £1,500 back then. So actually, when you look at Gibson's pricing now, now, inflation and things aside, they've actually kind of, you know, been fairly reasonable with their pricing. And, you know, now nowadays you can buy the 50s standard Les Paul for around $2,000, £1,800, something like that. And you can buy a classic for, you know, a little bit less money than that. The traditionals, which I don't think they do anymore, but, you know, the traditionals were a great Les Paul. I've got a few of those and I bought mine for £1,500 each brand new. And they're stunning, full you know full fat les pauls they're great now if you go on the used market and try and buy one of these 1960 reissue classics which was just a, a factory run guitar it's not custom shop it's nothing like that they were 990 quid something like that 20 years ago they're going for two grand and they've got a lot of wear on them a lot of wear on on, on so to find a clean one you know you're, you're kind of struggling and they're going for around two thousand uh, pounds used. And I, and I just go, well, is that a fair price for, for that Les Paul based on what you can buy with a new one now? And I don't know, it just makes me think that the, the used market is overinflated in a way that I don't think is a healthy thing for, for the guitar industry, but that's, that's just my view on it. Well, there we go. So, so that's I think I, I agree with you entirely, and I hope it gets better. I hope we, I hope not everyone thinks that the guitar is unique and is worth more than it was originally purchased for, and that it's appreciating in value, and that actually there'll there'll be some bargains on the second hand market again at some point. 
you know. That's what it should be about, shouldn't <laughs> should it? Be. It should be yeah. about finding some bargains on the secondhand market because I think that will then generate, you know, some real excitement and some real movement, and people will start, you know, trading trading used gear a, a lot more frequently, and because um, I, I, that's an exciting thing to to, to do for the used uh, guitar market. And all it, all it means is we've just got to, all of us, myself included, is not ask for for, for silly money for for a used guitar when look at the you look at the brand new market see what's going on there and price your used gear accordingly and everyone will benefit from access to 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 a range of different instruments and i think i wouldn't even bother looking at the used market it's too much hassle and that's and that's the conclusion i come to as well i would i would buy new i would buy new rather than used markets i don't think i'm going to get more on on the used market than i can on the new market at the moment yeah yeah. Well, there you go. There we go. <laughs> what a great the challenge, mate. Thank rise. you for saying that. That was so much fun. And, uh, you know, thank you to Yamaha for that. I'm only joking. Sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was great fun, buddy. And then I'm looking forward to another challenge at some point and another podcast. You take cool. care, buddy. Yeah, and you, mate. Lovely speaking to you today. You too, and buddy. catch up with you soon. Cheers, Matt. Absolutely. All the best, mate. Bye, buddy. Ta-da. Another interesting conversation. Hope you enjoyed it. Come back for more next week. To make sure you don't miss it, subscribe to this podcast on your favourite podcast app. You never miss a show. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash guitar smarts. Like us on Instagram at guitar underscore smarts. Anyway, have a cracking week. Speak to you soon.